Welcome to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. I am your host, Claudine Wolk. You can find me at my Substack account, claudinewolk.substack.com. We're talking all about publishing and book marketing. If you have decided that you want to write a book and you're trying to figure out how to publish it, or maybe you've already written a book and you're trying to figure out how to market it, this is the podcast slash Substack for you. Our goal is to give you great tips, by example in some cases, to help you get your book seen and sold. So join us through the newsletter or the podcast today and get your book seen and sold. Join us for part one of our interview with author Kelly Simmons. So if it's okay with you, Kelly, I'd like to chat a little bit about the books that you've already written. Everyone knows, I think, by now that I'm a fan, and oh I've, I've read at least three of them, and hopefully more. I'll just give some of the titles. Standing Still was your first, The Birdhouse, One More Day, The Fifth of July, Where She Went, Not My Boy, and the latest, you said you just released, The House Party. So what's The House Party about? It is about a family, a very wealthy family, very privileged family, a woman with three daughters who discovers that her daughters kept a secret from her and had a party when they were in high school. And that doesn't seem like that much of a secret, but um, she uncovers things in the house that make her very nervous about what happened at that party. And she tries to unravel the mystery of what happened at that party. And part of her doesn't really want to know because it points to some pretty dark stuff uh, that her daughters uh, may have kept from her. So it's very much in, in a vein with all, all of my work is really about suspenseful events, family secrets or crimes and the effect on the people in the neighborhood, in the family, et cetera. So it's, it's, very, it's very similar to the rest of my work, but it is set in the 70s and 80s, which is slightly different. So that was kind of fun. It occurs to me that you have daughters, Kelly. I do. Do we pull and they're very from upset reality about this. here? <laughs> they're very upset they about really? this. They, they don't really? care that it's set in a time when I was the daughter's age. They don't care. They're like, Mom, we know you based this on us. Uh-uh. You know, they're, 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 they're actually, they're, they're pretend upset. You know, right, they're right, folks. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay, that's awesome. And I I love your writing. Your uh, suspense thriller is is kind of my thing when I, you know, when I'm in the mood for that, I go to one of your books. Your plotting is excellent, and I'm wondering we have a lot of folks who who are listening who are aspiring writers, and mm-hmm. I'm wondering how you would feel about talking about your writing journey. Sure. Sure. Well, I started I started writing by going to some classes. So I took some adult fiction writing classes at uh, Temple, and I took some other classes at Penn. And I encourage anyone that is starting their journey to, to at least think about taking a class, because it really helps you circumvent some really beginner mistakes, and it helps you get in the habit of, of writing and having other people uh, look at your writing rather than writing in a vacuum, which I think can be very, very wasteful in terms of time and in terms of focus. So, and I, so I, anyway, I started that way and I also read a lot of craft books and then eventually found my way to writers' conferences and networking with other writers, which also was helpful. But, you know, everybody has a different, everybody has a different way of getting started. But for me, the classes and, and the books definitely provided some guidance and and just some guideposts for for how to plot, how to how to how to continue, 
how to end, Mm -hmm. (laughs) how to start was not my problem. And for a lot of people, how to begin is the easy part, right? I'm very, very, very common that way. Beginning is not a problem. So, yeah. Yeah. And then tell us about, so that your first book was Standing Still. Was that Mm -hmm. a book that was published with a traditional publisher or did you self-publish? Yes. All of my books, other than the most recent, which I, which I published myself just because no one wanted to, because I switched genres and no one really wanted it by, by going back in, in history. Um, even though the seventies doesn't seem that long ago to me. That's right. Um, it's historical. Yep. Exactly. It's, it's technically historical fiction, but yes, they were all traditionally published. It took a long time for me to get published. Once I started writing, um, I got an agent right away, but finding a publisher and um, I entered the business right when eBooks became a thing, which is a terrible time to enter the business. So, you know, there were some market forces at play that aren't at play anymore. People have kind of figured out, you know, how to how to sell eBooks, and the market settled down a little bit. But it still is extremely hard to to become traditionally published. That has not changed, and in some ways, it's gotten harder with the consolidation of publishers with the emergence of, you know, just different trends, you know, different types of books that have become popular. So so things that people might be interested in writing about may not be the trend right now. So, you know, but you can't really pay attention to those things. You just got to write what you love. But at the same time, there are these forces at work. So it's, it's, it's a long road. So anyone who has that as their goal can be in for a wild, wild roller coaster ride. So in terms of your publishing experience, you mentioned that you had an agent right away. How did you even know where to go to find an agent? Well, I I followed extremely traditional advice that is still the advice today, and that is to know your genre and to know other writers who, you know, who are working in your genre and to look and find out what who their agents are and to try to find agents who are interested in your genre who maybe um, have similar writers on their on their roster, and to see who might be a young or emerging or emerging writer, you have to you, you have to read, you have to follow trends, and then kind of make a list and approach them. Or you have to go to a writers conference and pitch them in person. Or you have to have friends who are writers who can help make those introductions. It's it, it's always been the exact same way. That's always been the way that you can meet agents. Um, and, you know, I followed the exact same steps, you know, in some cases, in some cases, a friend who was a writer made a, an introduction. In some cases, I, you know, I, I wrote to them blind mm-hmm. from my list. And in some cases, I met them at conferences. So I've had four agents. So, but, you know, very, very, very traditional traditional advice. And it really comes from knowing what you're doing in terms of your genre and the other writers who are similar to you. Yes. If people don't know those things, they really have to learn those things or they'll never find an agent. You know, they won't. Yep. So, and and not everybody likes that advice, but it's pretty traditional advice. Read in your genre. Right. <laughs> you know, know, know who you write like, right? Yes. Yes. Know your competition. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Technically, yes. Yes. So for the agent that ended up picking up standing still, would mm-hmm. do you remember if that was a one-on-one uh, and I'm I'm just going to throw out a marketing term here, pitch to that agent or was that something that you sent an email pitch to that agent? In that case, I had sent email pitches to, to not to her, but to a bunch of other people and I got 
a lot of response back because re- being able to write a good letter is very important. And I and I would urge people to learn how to do that too. You'd be surprised how bad people's people are writing letters, even though they've written a good book. And I came very close to making an arrangement with one of those with one of those agents, and she didn't. She just felt like she couldn't do the book justice. And I asked a magical question, which was, "Do you know anybody else who might be right who you can recommend?" Um, and that led that led to my agent. And I recommend that everybody ask that question, especially if someone seems like they really think you're talented, but they just don't don't have room for you, or they don't have you know. You know, there's lots of reasons that they won't take you on, even if they think you're talented. So I think that's a good question to ask. You might not get an answer, but you might. And you might find your way to someone younger and hungrier. And if nothing else, you'll have you'll have an in for that person to pay attention to your email because you'll be able to say, so-and-so said yes. that I should talk to you. Yes. So I think that's just, I think that's good advice when you're trying to do anything, really, if you're looking for a job of any kind, you know, well, do you know anybody else who might be looking for what I offer? So it's, a, it's a, again, a tried and true kind of networking tool, right? Right. It's so interesting that things really haven't changed in that, for, for that type of pitching. And I love that. I love that it hasn't changed because I think you're right. I think the tried and true is is what's going to work. And that leads me to my next question, which is, you know, you've seen the publishing industry change so much. And there are people who feel that because self-publishing has taken off, that it's easier than ever for a writer to get their book out there. You know, what? how do you feel about it? Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? Or is it a little bit of both? I think it's a little bit of both. It's certainly an interesting thing. And it is wonderful to have these technological tools and these distribution tools that let people who who have different goals reach their goals. You know, not everybody's goal is to be published traditionally. Not everybody's goal is to, to be widely reviewed or to be critically acclaimed. Some people just really want the closure of having a book and be and have their and have their friends and family to be able to buy it. I mean, so it's great to have this tool for all kinds of reasons. And it is super interesting. And to me, the most fascinating part about it is that it's really the only way for an author to have any of their data, to really understand what is happening in real time, day to day, and to see what your what your marketing efforts, how they actually affect it, because there's really no other way, no other way to know. So that part is is interesting. And a lot of people geek out on that. So yeah, it's all, you know, it's just, it's not that easy either, though. I mean, some people find it extremely easy to do the formatting and to to do the distribution and to figure it all out. Other people find it extremely daunting. And the daunting part really is the marketing, honestly, mm-hmm. because you really do have to almost be a scientist of some sort to figure that out. So even even I, who have worked in marketing my whole life, find it daunting because I was on the creative side of marketing, not the science side. But you know, there are a lot of steps involved if you are really trying to um, get your book out there to the masses, for sure, even in self-publishing. But yeah, it's a business. And and if you're going to go that route, if you're going to do the self-publishing route, and even if you're not, I think, you know, it's great. To, it's, it's a really important thing to understand exactly how publishing works and in all of its forms, including the marketing, and, and to kind of know what your publisher's doing, even if you're traditionally published. And there's right. no other way to learn that than to take your time and learn it. Well, there's the fastest way to understand how difficult publishers have it 
truly in terms of marketing their books is to try and market one yourself because you see you see how hard it is to break through you see how important the cover is you see how you don't really know exactly what works you see how weird things work and things that things that you would never believe would work do work and how how little how little art there is in all of it too <laughs> a lot of it is just almost common sense and uh luck and uh, you just it's it's just it's all it's all fascinating but it is it's really really hard to get people to buy a book it's much harder to get them to buy a book than to see a movie or to buy a shirt or you know or a pair of socks or anything that costs you know twelve dollars you know it's uh, it's fascinating to me and the more i'm in the business the, the the more i learn about how long people's consideration frames are and how much input they want before they'll even bother to pick up a book from the library like like that's free. Like what's the risk? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What's the risk? You get it home, you don't like it, you take it back, you know? But people really do seek out recommendations. People don't want to waste their time. I mean, a book is an investment of time in a way that a movie isn't or um, a piece of clothing isn't. So I guess people are wanting justifications for how they spend their time. So it's it's fascinating psychologically, and yet it's also irritating because it's like <laughs> it's twelve dollars, right? It's you know it's two lattes, you know. Come on, you know. It is so interesting that the the aspect that you have to this because you started at a time where there was a lot of traditional publishing, and you had that. And and do you feel like you've had to? adjust with the times and learn all these new like for example there's a new thing out uh, called hybrid publishing mm -hmm. you know where authors put some money in like how do you feel about that um i have a lot of mixed feelings about that you know i know i know people who have done it i know people who've considered it and rejected it um and i also know that for a certain kind of person that is a great solution because they have more money than time and and more money than skills so it can provide a very good looking product it can provide a little bit more distribution and marketing than the person could do themselves but a lot of them are very expensive for what they for what they deliver having you know having having gone through the process myself and watched many other people go through the process themselves and know how little some of those things actually do cost and to see how much they are charging. And, and believe me, if anybody who makes money, you know, God bless them. If they can, if they can charge a price and get that money for it, you know, it's still work, right? They deserve to, to make money, but yeah. So, no, I so um, yeah, because on the one hand, you know, you can be very, very happy with the product if you don't know how to create a cover, if you don't know how to format it, if you have no idea about distribution, if you have no idea about public relations, if you have no idea about making ads. To have someone do all those things for you, it sounds like a great value, right? So, so yeah, mixed feelings. Obviously. <laughs> very yeah, and it's, and I, do, I do like to caution people that you want to do your homework with any company that you're going to work with to make sure that the authors are happy with, with the results. And to your point, yeah, you're paying somebody to do these things. But then on top of that, you're still going to have to put out money to market the book. So what's the use of you know, creating something with that much money and not having anyone see it. <laughs> right, right. No, right. it's it's absolutely yeah. true. And whereas if you if you were able to, you know, 
if you were able to take that, if you were, if you were traditionally published and you could take that same amount of money and put it into, you know, ads or, or marketing or PR, yeah. you know, that money could, you know, could maybe have helped you, you know, reach another level, but it, it's very hard, you know, it's hard to know how much to spend. It's hard to know how much time to give it before you give up, quote unquote, give up or to choose the alternative path. I shouldn't call it giving up because it's just a path, right? And I also really deeply understand what it's like to write for years and years because I did. It took me years to get published and to just feel like it's never going to happen and you just really need for it to happen. I totally understand that psychologically. So I can't really judge you know, mm-hmm. anyone that chooses a way to make it happen that they feel is right for them. So yeah, we had a couple, we had an agent on who was was giving a presentation at a local workshop with Bucks Book Fest. And she talked about, you know, there, there are people out there who who really do want to take advantage and make money from you. So be very careful, be diligent, do your research, get some references, that kind of thing. There are some very highly priced editorial slash hybrid services that, you know, that cost, you know, almost as much as getting an MFA. So, you know, I mean, yeah, there are some really high end uh, versions. um, And there are some, you know, lower end versions. And then there's also a lot of publishers who don't pay you a dime for, you know, they, they're not quote unquote hybrid, but they don't give you an advance. So they only give you money as your book makes makes money. So that at least is a little more clear cut. Right. And there's some skin okay. skin in the game on both sides. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I, um, I appreciate your I appreciate your opinion on that. But it sounds sounds to me like we it's really important to know your goals before you decide which direction you're going to take in publishing. I think that that is a very good point. And, you know, for many people, they want the they want the validation of being traditionally published uh, more than they want the reality of being traditionally published. <laughs> and I get that too. I was one of those people. Really? So. I was, I was for a long time. I was, and then, and then, I think if it had gone on a few more years, I don't think I would have been. I don't think I would have been that person. I think I would have found another way. Okay, uh, but I also was very, very, very interested in and fascinated by having editor the editorial side of the business and learning more from from people who were more experienced and more skilled than I was because I was a little undereducated in the realm. I, you know, I didn't have. You know, I, I didn't study a lot of things that other people study. So I felt like I had some learning to do. So, and other people don't maybe need that layer, right? So, you know, people that have already studied and have already toiled and have written, you know, a number of novels, you know, they may not feel the need for that. So, yeah. well, and the, the other thing that the agent said, and I think you'd agree with this, is that there's just no substitute for the writing. It's, you know, focus on the writing, make the writing the best it can be. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, because that has to come first. And some people do skip that step. They think that they have focused on it because of the time it's taken them, right? Or because of how hard it was for them personally. But that doesn't mean that you have the best product that that you can. You know, some people who feel that way have skipped a lot of important steps. You know, they haven't had an editor look at it. They haven't had unbiased people read the manuscript. They haven't deeply revised it or even considered it. They've only really um, proofread it and, you know, changed the errors. So those are really basic things. And those are towards, you know, steps towards quality that some people skip. Yep. 
And yet there are people that do everything right, you know, do everything right. And it takes a long time, but their premise or their concept was Mm ill-conceived. So they didn't put in the time at the beginning, you know, and they put in all the time at the end only to have everybody tell them, you know, (laughs) oh, your plot makes no sense. Or, you know, I'm totally not invested in these characters because you didn't, you didn't do the work up front. So there's a lot of ways you can screw it up. And so, so yes, absolutely. And it should be that way. It should be all about the quality. And um, yeah, but that's, you know, that's not the part that people want to talk about. People want to talk about, you know, people assume that that, that they have a quality product. So. Right, right. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It's so true. Yeah. I, can, I can hear the teacher and you coming out. Oh, right. Just, oh, that part can be very wicked. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You try to be gentle, but... It has um, to be. It has to be. You know, I am... A pragmatist. So, you know, and it's better to get to get rough to get rough um, information at the beginning of your project than in the middle or at the end. So, you know, if someone's only invested, you know, 20 pages in something, it's better to hear that you're misguided after 20 pages than after 300 for sure. And and money saving in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Kelly. So before we let you go and do you have time for one more question? Sure, absolutely. Excellent. Okay, so we've been talking a lot about different marketing techniques and the traditional way to publish. You did a lot of book clubs when your books came out, which is how we met. And we used to do those in person. And you actually came to my house and you hosted a book book club meeting. Mm -hmm. Is that Mm -hmm. something you still do? And is it something that you still think is a good marketing technique for authors? Yes, it is still something I do. And it's something I continue to do all the the whole way through. But what has happened is it's become less novel over the years. And people during the pandemic were able to get bigger name authors to zoom into their book club if they had a big enough book club. So it's become a little bit not not as special as it used to be. It used to be, I think when I met you, it was much more unusual and much more of a treat, I think, to have an author at your book club. But it is fun. It's definitely fun. And it's a way to get all your questions answered from the horse's mouth, particularly if you have, you know, a, a controversial novel or, you know, suspense. Sometimes there's questions, there's, you know, there's there's hanging, hanging um bits of uh, of evidence, if you will. So it is fun. And I think it's I think it's something that all writers need to be aware of that book clubs are a force and that um, networking with them and supporting them, even if even with by providing materials for them or offering to Zoom is completely something that all writers should be willing to do. But it's not a magic bullet. And it's not it's not an instant path. And it's a very time consuming path too. So um, they just need to be aware of that for sure. I bet I bet you learned a lot too. Based oh, on I the learned questions. so much yeah. about book clubs and about women. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're using that material in your book. And about human nature. Yeah. But you know what? Honestly, it just really makes you understand how, how real readers read, right? And they don't read like, like your students in the MFA, um, uh, department they in the MFA program they don't read like I read they don't read like writers you know they um they read completely differently and it's much purer much much purer for sure and it's much closer to how we read when we were kids before we you know before we thought about writing or before we knew what we were doing you know you just you loved a character and you followed them on the journey right so um, most people read that way so it's good to remember that 
Neat. Very, very good. Okay, so tell us what's next for Kelly. I'm finishing up a book that is killing me. <laughs> that's absolutely <laughs> that's absolutely really knocking me flat because it has three narrators. And whenever I work in um, with different points of view, I find it to be really, really difficult. So um, it's about grief and it's about um, women who meet in a grief group. And it's another suspenseful kind of friends, friend related story. And I'm really proud of it, but I, I'm hope, I hope that I live to finish it. Wow. Oh my God, the editing and the loose ends, because when you write from different points of view and you have like, you just forget who knows what. Right, right. Forget. So anyway. That's exciting. Okay. But your current book is The House Party and that is available for sale today. And where can people find you? Where's your favorite place for people to find you? Your favorite place. Do you want them on Instagram? Do you want them on Facebook? Do you want them on your website or none of the above? Oh, I don't, I, I, I always looking for followers on Instagram and I really enjoy Instagram. So, and I love seeing other people's photos. So let's say Instagram, it's Kelly A. Simmons. Happy to meet you. And uh, yeah, I'm just happy that people are reading. It just makes me very, very happy that people are reading. Absolutely. And where can they find the what we started talking about in the interview? Open the Window, which is uh, Kelly's latest serial fiction podcast. Will you do another, by the way? It, it's it's in the discussion phase. Wow. So, yes. Boy, you're a in busy, busy, busy I, lady. I, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, it, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so it, sounds like it, it took I, a lot out of you. It took a lot out of me. And uh, even though it didn't take that long, it took a lot out of me. And I have a lot of other things going on right now. So, you know, including um, a screenplay and um, I'm co-writing a book. So I have to get those off of the table first. So yeah, just a little experimenting. So fun, fun times all the time. Well, thank you so much for answering all our questions. Congratulations on the new uh, Serial Fiction Podcast. You can find that at Hollywood's Speak Studio. Uh, which is speakstudiopodcasting.com. And thank you so much for talking about your writing journey. I know our audience appreciates it. And congratulations. Thank you so much. It's nice to see you again. Nice to see you. You've been listening to Get Your Book Seen and Sold with Claudine Walk, my Substack account, claudinewalk.substack.com. Sign up for my newsletter today.